Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Hi, welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And uh, th- we had a great time. We were all in Sydney together just uh, this past weekend, and we did uh, a couple of seminars. So shout out to all those uh, chiropractors and students that uh, were there and uh, who are listening to this podcast. So welcome to if this is the first episode. This will be episode number six. And today's topic is very interesting because I think it's applicable to all of us <laughs> um, because it's going to be on stress. The stress, the killer of all things. What do you think, guys? Yeah. Yeah, it's the perpetrator of all disease. Yes, and uh, I'm sure no one escapes it because we all have it and we all have a response. Um, yeah, and, and more and more. Like yeah. More and more in our society, we're just seeing it become more and more common and more and more prevalent. And for some people, more and more normal. Like They just think of this permanent stress state and just think it's normal. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's true. It's true. So, so, see it all over the place. You know, can I just say that you know, every single day you see people walking around looking more grimmer, like more grim. They just don't look like they're they're bouncing out of their skin, or they're relaxed, or they're meditating enough. You, you, you see stressed people, and even just some of the looks and the things and the points and the the remarks that some people give to their children. You go, jeepers, you've got to be stressed. Mm, especially in the, I remember the grocery stores, and you just sort of watch these uh, mothers losing it, and um, and it happens all the time. And just because it's overwhelm, and it's not, it's the response is their fight or flight response. So, and uh, so what today's topic, what we're going to talk about is what it is, how it affects us, why we need to understand it, and basically give you some coping strategies at the end too as well. So let's yeah. start off with um, who developed the stress response, and 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 where did it get all started. The stress response was invented through uh, through humans, obviously developing and evolving. But the guy who discovered it was a guy, or who who coined the term, I suppose, stress response, was a guy by the name of Hans Selye. And um, I actually don't know the date at which he did, you know, talk about that. But now, uh, what we know about the stress response is that there's a bundle of different chemical interactions, but it's evolved a lot since back then, because what we now understand is that. The response takes into consideration the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and the adrenal gland. So three three glands that make up a triune um, of control, and it's a locus of control within the body uh, that, that pumps out hormones into the bloodstream. Now, that's part of it, but also stress also triggers the, symp- the sympathetic nervous system. So when you activate the sympathetic nervous system via hormones, uh, you get quite a significant response. And, and this has, I suppose, uh, helped us understand more about stress and then its effect and, and, and how it actually then leads to uh, chronic disease such as heart disease, uh, cancer, type 2 diabetes, um, rheumatoid arthritis and rheumatoid diseases. These sorts of things are all associated with an inflammatory reaction caused by some kind of stress or stressor. And so, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about, before we go into all of that detail, why don't we talk about what some of the stressors are? I think that'd be a good thing. Absolutely. Or perhaps we can start by talking about why our body does stress. Because I think, you know, you start talking about, um, you know, these chronic diseases and all these things that the stress response is linked to. Mm. And people start going, wow, this stress thing, that's really bad. You know, that must be a really bad thing. Why does our body do something that's so bad? So bad. Um, and I think it's important to understand why our body actually does the stress response. I mean, it's actually a really natural, healthy response. You know, it, it, when we are in a stressful situation, it's actually really important that our body is able to have that response to help us deal with that stressful situation. Yeah. Um, and it, 
it's really designed based on you know our lifestyles we used to have tens of hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, which is that you know we needed to be able to respond to um, you know particularly physically stressful situations where you know we would have that fight or flight response kick in, um, and when you have that physically stressful situation, you need to have this stress response so that you can um, so you can get you know energy to your muscles so that you can get blood flow to your muscles so that you can um, you know, switch on these chemical reactions to help you do that fighting and flighting. Mm. So it's important to remember that it actually does have a really sensible, useful purpose. Um, and the problem we're having is that instead of it being this kind of occasional acute stressful scenario where we would switch on this stress response and have that appropriate one-off response, what we're finding in our modern society is that we're just switching it on way more than we should be. In yeah. fact, we're switching it on all the time. For lots of people, they're actually switching it on all day, every day, you know, almost. Um, so it's not necessarily the fact that the stress response is a bad thing. It's an inappropriate stress response is a bad thing or, a, you know, a, a too chronic a stress yeah. response is a bad thing. And that's what we're really seeing is that it's just switched on too much. You're right. It's that continued exposure to stress. And, you know, when we talk about the stress response, let's, let's get this right because it's, we're talking about hormones that are sent out into the bloodstream. And so we're talking about norepinephrine or noradrenaline and then adrenaline and then cortisol. And so essentially it's those, sort of, it's those hormones really that are responsible for this stress response. And so if we understand what each of those hormones do in the bloodstream and outside of just the um, interaction between the neurons with the, the post and the presynaptic clefts, if we talk about what happens on the global stage within the body. We talk about uh, increased uh, cognition and vigilance and arousal. So the blood is diverted away from non-core organs. So in a stress response, for example, a loud alarm clock or a big bang in the middle of the night or traffic, you know, when, when you're driving down the freeway or the motorway and there's traffic is just driving you insane, that initiates a stress response which sends out adrenaline into the bloodstream, which is a, what's called a, a, a glucocorticoid or a cortic corticohormone and when you've got these running through the bloodstream you'll increase your blood pressure increase your heart rate increase your respiratory rate because normally like brett said before these hormones are used to get you out of a sticky situation so back when we had really stopped evolving if you if we're talking about the the evolution uh, model of, of the way in which life exists. Um, when we were being chased by saber-toothed tigers, we responded to stress in the same way back then as what we do these days. And so the immediacy of the need for these hormones to get us out of trouble worked beautifully because the diversion of blood away from, say, the gut, a non-essential um, system, the gastrointestinal system, you know, digestion. You don't need to be digesting food uh, when you've got to run away from a saber-toothed tiger. The same thing happens today. We actually initiate that same, exactly the same stress response, but we're not running. We're probably driving or we're sitting down or we're constantly bombarded and subsequently, you know, we, we send ourselves into a tiz because we don't burn off that stress response and we go into this repeated cycle. So we get suppression of appetite. We, uh, cho we alter our feeding behavior. So we start to crave carbohydrates and crave fats because the immediate uh, response from adrenaline is that we liberate carbohydrate and liberate fat into the bloodstream. And when that's run out, we want to eat more of it because we've got to support that stress response. Um, we, we inhibit our digestion and our absorption and we stimulate 
the speed at which our bowels will move for many people until it becomes chronic, and then it's it's quite the reverse. Um, certainly, when we stress, we inhibit growth, we inhibit reproduction. So, you know, for fertility, when we're considering that, you've got to really look at the the stress and you know what sort of stresses people are under because inhibition of growth and reproduction is is associated with these hormones. And of course, with cortisol being pumped into the bloodstream as one of the stress hormones we spoke about, you inhibit the immune system. And when you inhibit the immune system, essentially you're stopping the body's own defense against either itself uh, or other things that might be getting in or things that are going wrong. For example, plaquing in the arteries or cancer growth. And so you're actually stopping it. So stress, not only can it, can, it can cause the growth of these things or perpetuate the disease, it actually blocks the immune system from being able to see these problems. And that, that becomes a massive problem. In addition to all of this too as well, it actually starts to affect your thinking abilities um, during a stressful situation. We know that so during cortisol levels pumping into our bodies, what happens is that we divert all our thinking brain, which is more the cortex part of the brain. We divert it back to what we call the lizard part of our brain, which is more survival. You know, when you're fighting a saber-toothed tiger, you have a choice of either fighting it and running away. And that's the only two choices you really do uh, should have. You don't have to think about, hmm, I wonder if he's going to run this fast or <laughs> how can I escape? You just run. And so you basically, when that's why when people are in stress, they don't think very logically and we see that in sports all the time we see um you know a typical example is where you know we watch afl here uh, australian rules football and where a player might just turn around and just strike a guy you know for no apparent reason but because in that high situation they're just reacting to the situation because they're just in a high stress state and you know we see people on the streets just reacting you know especially in um in traffic jams, for example, you know, people just lose it, absolutely lose it when someone cuts them off. And it's because they're just high stress state <laughs> and they just, you know, flip the bird and do all these crazy things. So, in the, you know, what Damien said about, you know, how it affects you physiologically, it also affects you in your mental capacity too as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we talk about these stresses, we really talk about three different types of stresses that we see in our society commonly. So we talk about the physical stuff, the chemical stuff, and then the emotional stuff. Um, so the physical stresses we're seeing in our society, um, you know, there's kind of there's a there's a bit of a range of stuff here. You know, people often think of the physical stresses, and they think of you know the really obvious things, like you know they think of physical stress. Well, that would be like a a car accident, or you know, a lifting injury, or a sports injury, or something like that. And mm. and they're obviously really gross examples of physical stress. Yeah. Um, but the ones we see more commonly and are more closely linked in with this chronic stressful state um, is the ones that actually build up over time so you know the little things that just keep repeatedly building up so this is where we see you know things like the repetitive micro traumas you know from um continually being hunched over a keyboard or um you know a postural stress or you know working in a repeated activity you know i always think of like someone who's in a box factory you know and they're just doing the same thing over and over again you know those sort of stresses build up sort of hour after hour day after day year after year those physical stresses build up and really stress out the body. Mm, um, mm. And so then you also need to think about um, physically, one of the biggest physical stresses we have in our modern society is actually not any particular movement. It's actually a lack of movement. You know, the yeah. fact that we sit still for way too <laughs> long in our day. You know, Our bodies just aren't designed to sit down all day and to stay in the one spot or even to stand all day in the one spot. We're designed to be constantly moving and constantly action. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we spoke before about the adrenaline and the cortisol and how that switches on the stress response. 
Well, we also know what switches off the stress response. And the chemicals that switch off the stress response in your body are really the dopamine and the serotonin. Hmm. And so we know that movement of your body and particularly movement of your spine, because you know, when we're talking about this stimulation of the nervous system, you know, about 80% of that comes from the spine. So movement of your body, particularly movement of your spine, is vital to help to switch off this stress response again. So, you know, we need to make sure that not only are we avoiding those stressful activities and trying to get a good balance there, but also that we just keep moving. You know, don't sit in one spot for any more than about 20 minutes. You know, you want to get up and keep moving and keep active. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really those physical stresses. I know, Damo, you've got a bit to say about the chemical stresses. Well, look, it's interesting because regardless of what sort of stress we're talking about, whether it be a physical, chemical, emotional stress, they all result in the stress response. So it doesn't really matter um, you know, what we're talking about in that regard. I think what's also really important to understand is the chronicity of stress. And so whilst we can associate stress with a stressful event or a stressful time or, you know, a stressful something. Um, it's the repeated effects of stress over time that causes the most damage. So it's not just the fact that you might have a stressful event. It's all of the stress all, you know, through your life that builds up. And what we do know is that insomnia, sorry, big pardon, stress, like chronic stress will lead to insomnia. And so uh, as a result of stressing and having too much of these glucocorticoids running through your system, too much of these stress hormones running through your system, you don't then get a proper, uh, a proper rest. And that rest is responsible for resetting a whole lot of stuff. Now, the result of not resting or sleeping, essentially not getting enough melatonin, really means that you don't build enough serotonin. And that's exactly what Brett was saying before, that when you've got serotonin, dopamine all you know, mucked up, uh, and in this regard we're talking serotonin, we, serotonin is your happy drug and so if you're not getting enough serotonin because you're not sleeping enough because you're stressed and you're not getting melatonin then you're actually going to get depressed and so what we do know is that persistent insomnia multiplies the risk of developing major depressive diseases or disorders within one year by about 300 percent so if you can't sleep the chances of you developing depression is significant so if you're depressed think back to when you couldn't sleep and then think back to when you're you know really really stressed because it's all really really linked one of the best ways to decrease stress is to get out and do some exercise. And the suggestion is that you do exercise in the middle of the day without your sunglasses on so you get access to two things. One, the sunlight so you can manufacture some vitamin D, which of course is you know, hugely beneficial for a number of these things that we're talking about, which we may get time to talk about a little bit later on. But the sun hitting your eyes or the sunlight hitting your eyes triggers in the pineal gland, which is in your brain, uh, the secretion of melatonin. And that secretion of melatonin actually results in a proper circadian rhythm, which puts you to sleep and that is one of the best neutralizers of stress or the stress response within the body. So getting out in the middle of the day, get some sunshine, get you know, some vitamin D production, but take the sunglasses off uh, because you, that sun, the hit in the eyes, triggering the pineal gland is just so important. And uh, you know, th- I, I, just want, I really wanted to say that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to just give you guys an example of, of how stress, because we think that um, stress is happening all to us all the time, and most people realize uh, realize we undergo it. But the problem is, is that they don't understand that it actually affects them just by thinking about something, thinking about a particular topic, uh, or thinking about a fight that they're going to have with a spouse that can actually trigger the same stress response even without 
actually going through the fight or, or, or an argument. So I'm going to give you an example. So I want everybody to close their eyes. Well, if you're driving and listening to this, obviously don't do this. <laughs> Pull over and, uh, and do the exercise. But if you're, if, if you're in a safe place and you're sitting down, close your eyes. And I want you to imagine this lemon. I want you to imagine a lemon in your left hand specifically. I want you to take a knife with your right hand and cut it. Cut the lemon into a slice. Okay, I cut it in half, sorry. And within half a, half a lemon, I want you to look at the lemon itself. I want you to look at the juices that's flowing. I want you to see the seeds within it. I want you to cut that a slice off of that half a lemon. You see, then you pick up the, put down the knife so you don't hurt yourself. With the left hand, I want you to grab that slice. I want you to look at it, the juices in it. I want you to open your mouth and I want you to put that slice of lemon into your mouth and just chomp on it. Now what everybody should be feeling right now is that you have saliva in your mouth. And just by thinking about a lemon, you actually create a physiological response. Well, no one actually has a lemon in their hand, but yet you can create a physiological response by producing saliva just by thought. So if you think about how this relates to stress is that if you think about, say, an argument with your boss that you're going to have tomorrow, or you're going to have an argument, or you have in the middle of a fight with your with your spouse or partner, and you ha- you're thinking about all the things you're going to say to them, and you're going to think about all the things they're going to say back to you, and you're going to have a response back to them, and you go back and forth in your head, even before, like hours before you even have this fight or this argument, you've already gone through that stress response and going through, pumping cortisone through all, your whole entire body over and over again, and I'm sure all of us have gone through this where we have have these arguments or you know uh, arguments that we think about over about a hundred times before it actually happens we're actually producing stress hormones throughout our entire body so we're actually living that moment over and over again just by thinking about stress and so that you know th- thoughts create how your body responds so just remember that as well and that can create a huge impact on your life how that relates Absolutely. to how that relates to everything else is that it's not so much um, the stress itself um, that's actually the problem is actually how you perceive that stress. Do you guys want to tackle about you know, what Bruce Lipton's talked about regards to you know, the perception of stress and the perception of the problem? I'd yeah, love well, to. I mean, yeah, you can go, Damon. Go for it. Yeah, look, I'd love to. Look, Bruce Lipton, if anybody uh, listening hasn't, if you've never heard of Bruce Lipton, he's actually, it, it's worth spending the time to find him on YouTube. And then if you get a chance to go see his seminars, they'll just blow your mind. But essentially, he says um, that it's your perception of stress or your perception of the event that determines your response. And then your response then determines the way in which your body, uh, your, your body, signals your dna and your genes and so he says that the your perception of reality or the i suppose what he he's coined the biology of belief your perception of reality actually alters the way in which your genes respond to the environment now that's hugely profound because the way in which he talks about genes and he is a geneticist you know he was involved in the human genome project in uncovering and unraveling the human genome he says that the missing link in the whole human genome project is the fact that there was no consideration given to exogenous sources of uh, of stimulation to the dna and so the whole idea that the dna in fact controlled the body is false 
the DNA, in fact, is what we call a, a blueprint. And Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, talks about uh, some kind of a key or some kind of a signaling agent that comes in and then triggers the body to read from the DNA to then code for certain types of proteins that bring about a particular response within the body. And that response is directly proportional to the way in which you react to the stress or the stressor. That, and and you, you can alter your signals to bring about a different DNA response. That's what he talks about. And I find it to be hugely powerful. When you give people the power of understanding that their response to stress directly influences their health outcome, it can change their life. And, and I love that. I think it's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. So that's hugely important, isn't it? To understand that it's not actually what's going on out there that is actually making this stress response in your body or switching on this stress response in the body. It's it's what you're actually doing in here. And, and you actually have the choice of whether you want to switch it on or not, basically. Um, so it's really important for people to understand that they can really control this stress response or at least um, you know, attempt to control this stress response um, and help themselves to stop switching it on all the time um, and then also to start switching it off as well. So there's some certain things they can do in their daily life that are going to help them do that. So you know, we know that, you know, Damien, you touched on it before, if, we, uh, if we're feeling stressed, you know, we can actually go out and do some exercise. You know, we know that just by going for a walk around the block, we're actually going to help to switch off that stress response. We help to release that dopamine and serotonin and, and just tone that, turn that down a bit. Yeah. You know, similarly, by consciously thinking positive thoughts, we can actually help to switch off that stress response. So this is where you know, your affirmations, your gratitude, your you know, conscious positive thinking can really help to switch that stress response off again. Um, and the same thing can happen when we eat really good food. You know, just by eating the right things, we can help to, if not switch the stress response off, at, at the very least stop switching it on. Um, so, you know, by actually consciously thinking about what we're doing, um, we can start to stop that response and help to slow that and calm that stress response down in our body. And I know, Lawrence, you were going to talk about a tip you had for, um, for people when they do get in that stress response of what they should be doing to start you know, giving themselves some ideas to turn it down? So one of the things that uh, I learned a lot um, with regards to stress is that I, when you're in stress, state what I mentioned before. Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence is cutting in and out. Yeah, so. yeah, Lawrence, you're cutting in and out. So um, I, I think Lawrence is going to talk about the lizard brain, but the way in which you can switch back, you know, out of the lizard brain and, and back into um, – the, the cortex, which is what he wants to talk about. So, you know, perhaps while and while Lawrence sorts out his connection, we can uh, we can talk about some things because I think it's it's pretty yeah, important. Well, I know I know one of the things Lawrence wanted to talk about was just making it really easy for people to help switch that stress response back off again. Yeah. Um, so, what happens often is when you get into that stress state, you're just not thinking very clearly. Yeah, that um, is so true. You're not thinking about. Oh, what do, you know, what do I do next? You're so focused on this stressful response and, and kind of reacting to what's going on currently in your environment that you're not really be able to sort of look down from the bigger picture and think, okay, you know, what can I do about this? How can I change it? Mm. Um, so a really useful thing to do then is to actually sit down when you're not stressed and start, you know, creating some stress management strategies. You know, start figuring out what it is that you can do when you do get to that stressful scenario that's going to help you switch it off. Yeah. So, um, so you might want to make yourself a bit of a list. So, you know, you might have a few things on there like, well, I actually like, um, you know, going for a little walk or, you know, I really enjoy reading a book that relaxes me or, you know, it might be, hey, I go fishing when I feel stressed and that relaxes me. You know, whatever it is for you that helps you unwind, 
create a little bit of a list of those things so that when you get to that stage where you're stressed and you're not thinking straight and you can't figure out what to do next, you can just kind of go through your little list and go, actually, you know what, that would be perfect for me right now. Yeah. Um, and it could be as simple as just taking three really nice deep breaths. You know, sometimes it's as simple as that and it just helps switch you out of that stress mode and helps, you know, get you back on track again. Mm. I like that. That's really nice. There's some really fabulous um, nutrients that people can take as well. I mean, obviously, the strategy of of finding what you love and what brings you into peace and what you know brings you back into center again. You know that they're really, really that's so important. But sometimes it's very difficult to see the wood from the trees. And you'd know that, Brett. You know, obviously, when things get just a little bit overwhelming, then you can actually find that it's just all too difficult and you just need a little bit of extra support and it's in these times that I recommend that my my patients and the clients that I do see um, that they take some B vitamins a little bit of magnesium that tends to help out beautifully fish oils are particularly important but there are some really great herbs and I think it's really important that you look at some of these herbs as uh, as potentially hugely effective and one of the herbs that I really really like against say chronic stress is a herb called Panax ginseng have you heard of that before? I've heard of ginseng, but I'm not sure if this is a particular strain we're referring to. Yeah, well, it is. And so there's a number of different ginsengs that we can talk about. There's Siberian ginseng, and that's a very gentle kind of nervous system, what we call toning uh, ginseng. It's very nice. You don't expect a huge, big um, a level of support from Siberian ginseng. It's just kind of very calming. But Panax ginseng or American ginseng tends to really rev up the adrenal glands and offers a whole lot of protection. It's, uh, it's, it's really absolutely fantastic. So uh, Panax ginseng works beautifully. There's another herb as well called withania. And uh, withania, which is another herb um, which has been shown to um, really calm down the nervous system, also offers a lot of support. And so the B vitamins, the magnesium, the fish oil, these two herbs, Panax and withania, tend to work absolutely beautifully. So, you know, I, I like it when people use those things. And you get those from your health food store, you get them from your, your practitioner, um, you know, go and ask your naturopath or your chiropractor or your GP or whoever your healthcare practitioner is of choice. Uh, go and ask them for some of these things because they really do help out with stress. They're fantastic. Yeah, so it's really important that, isn't it? Because, you know, it's one thing to be trying to switch on these chemicals in your body and to switch that stress response back on. Oh, sorry, switch that stress response back off. But if you actually don't have the basic building blocks there in your body to be able to do that, you know, if you don't have the right nutrients, if you don't have the right fuel there, um, then it's going to be very difficult to do that. So whether you're, you know, obviously making sure you're eating the right diet is going to be crucially important as well. Um, once again, not just to um, help switch that stress response off, but also to stop stimulating it in the first place, to stop really switching that on to start with. So yeah. you know, making sure you've got that right fuel there is going to make it so much easier for your body to deal appropriately with stress. Yep. So are you there, Lawrence, now? Are you there? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Just in time for us to wrap up, I think, Lawrence. Yeah, welcome back. Perfect. Well, I think, you know, if you could maybe, we've spoken about some strategies that, you know, that we're aware of in terms of, you know, herbal medicine, nutritional medicine to assist with that. Uh, Brett spoke about uh, collecting thoughts and collecting uh, the sorts of things when you're in a peaceful environment, in a non-stressed environment, what are the things that would really float your boat at this point in time? And writing a list of that so that when you do become stressed and you're trying to work out how to pull yourself out of stress, you can refer to that list. Um, of enjoyable things so he spoke of that but you were about to discuss the the uh the reptilian brain uh, the lizard brain 
Um, well, and, I'm and just going to go off on top of that with regards to what Brett said about the list. And um, it's been, when you're in, in back in that lizard brain, when you're in a high stress state, when everything's going crazy, you're not going to be sitting there thinking about, hmm, what am I going to do? How am I going to calm myself down? Because you're just going to be in a fight or flight state. And I think that list is very important because that list will just give you that, you know, three or 10 things that you could do and easily just go pick. I'm going to do that one right there and uh, have a list on hand. Another technique that I you know, talk to clients a lot about is, is the, the list for gratitude. You know, a lot of times people can't sleep. It's because they're worried about what they're going to do tomorrow, the things they need to, you know, to do or the meeting they have to get done or the things you got to get done, you know, tomorrow or the next day or the next month. Yeah. So what I get to people to do is write down and have a piece of paper and a pen and write things down on a piece of paper so that you have that list to worry about tomorrow. But what happens in your brain is that if you think about your brain, if you ask your brain to say, okay, just got to remember this, you just got to remember this. What ends up happening is that you actually utilize your brain to, I guess, use up your RAMs in your brain and just keeps on, on a loop. And um, that stops your brain from actually going to you know, relaxing state but by writing it down you actually take that process and get it out of your head so you can actually calm down so so these are some of the great some these are some of the techniques that you you know you can easily easily utilize and implement in your life jot down all the ideas re-listen to this audio uh this podcast and uh, basically write down as many things you can so that you can uh, you know implement them in your life so this is uh, the episode on stress and how stress affects you, spread the word, right? Give us some comments on, on the episode. Tell us what you've been thinking. And uh, also, we'd love to hear some suggestions on the topics that you want to hear because uh, we're developing episodes each week and we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on where, what you want to hear from the wellness guides. So I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damien Christoph. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. We'll see you soon.